Super Talk Mississippi media production. Southern Miss fans know the number one stop for Golden Eagle Apparel is Campus Book Mart on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. Baseball, basketball, football, Campus Book Mart has it covered with clothing to fit the young and old, big and small Golden Eagle in your family. You can visit the store on Hardy Street, shop online at campusbookmart.net, or call in your order and have it mailed to your front door. However you choose to buy, always visit Campus Book Mart first. You won't be sorry. Campus Book Mart and Southern Miss, to the top. I'll pre record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Happy Friday to you, Golden Eagle fans. Listen across the state of Mississippi on the Super Talk Mississippi Network. It's the Eagle Hour. A glorious day, Kelly Sander, for a lot of different reasons. Hey, the sun might not be shining, but if you're an Eagle, it's uh, it, it, it is a great day. A lot of good things to talk about that happened last night in Lafayette. And let's face it, if you live in Lafayette, Louisiana, there's not a lot of reasons to be happy. Uh, but if you live in Hattiesburg and happen to be visiting in Lafayette, then there is a lot. There, of there is good food. Yeah. We should say that. Anyway, yeah, welcome, true. welcome to the Eagle Hour. We are live today at Camp Shelby at the Mississippi armed forces museum because kelly it is veterans day weekend veterans day eve yeah but the anniversary of the the birth of the marine corps is today correct veterans day officially uh, tomorrow but we are here to honor all of those who had served who are who, who serve and uh, who have served tommy lofton the director for the mississippi armed forces museum will be joining us in the third segment my dad was a uh, naval commander during world war ii it was a Navy veteran. Uh, my brother Charlie was in the Navy. My brother Steve was on the SS Puffer, which was a nuclear submarine. Wow. So. Good stuff. Well, yeah, we're here, and uh, we'll talk more about uh, with Tommy a little later and how special this museum is. A lot of stuff coming up, and it's uh, it's one of the, the hidden gems of South Mississippi and throughout the state, this mu- this museum. People come through here all the time and said, man, I just didn't realize how, how incredible it is. It, it really is incredible. And my, my family, the, my siblings that come through town, they'll always come to visit, and it really it really harkens back to those memories of, of when they were kids. I've got three of my siblings that were born on the island of Guam, I've got one that was born on the island of Truck, which is way out there. What island were you born on? The island of Bull? Is that? No. <laughs> Misfit I was, I was Toys. Born, <laughs> yeah, the island of Misfit Toys. Yeah. Uh, I was born right next to Charlie in the box. Um, you know, people ask me all the time what sign I was born under, you know, Gemini. I said, no, I was born under a sign, uh, keep off the grass. There Actually, we go. There uh, we go. All right. <clears throat> so we'll talk uh, Veterans Day coming up. Um, but what a night for the Golden Eagles. And I'll tell you what, you want to talk about a football game that had it all? Scott Watkins said it yesterday. He said it was going to be ugly. It was going to be uh, a, a grind. And I don't think any of us thought it would turn out uh, 34-31. Overtime seemed appropriate. But there were just so many ebbs and flows. Um, and let's just let's get into it, but just your overall observations for the 34-31 overtime win for Will Hall and company last night in Lafayette. Well, it, finally something good happened at the end, right? One of the things that the Eagles had trouble doing all year long was finishing ball games. And even though it took them overtime to do it, you know, they did it. And they did it 
amidst adversity. Not everything went perfectly last night, obviously. There were some good things that happened. There were some bad things that happened. The kickoff return is something I'm sure Will Hall will address with us on Monday when he joins us on the Eagle Hour. But the goal line stand, which, you know, there were some arguments as to whether the Cajuns got in, but I think they got it right. Yeah, I think they did too. Yeah, they they got it right. Um, And, you know, some special teams errors by Southern Miss in the the kicking game. Uh, But, you know. You want to talk about adversity. So, the Cajuns score 14 points in like less than two minutes. And here it is again. We put ourselves in a place to win and we're going to lose. And a true freshman quarterback helped by Frank Gore and the receiving core, a true freshman quarterback right. drives the Eagles down to tie the game um, with a minute 26 left on a what looked like a partially deflected pass in the end zone to Caston. You kick the extra point, which was nerve-wracking at the time since you'd already missed two kicks, and you take it into overtime. But the defense... The defense had to hold, and then a really crazy at the end of regulation, Eagles had to kneel it twice, and then they had to sneak it because they couldn't. They had to avoid a safety if they had knelt it on that last play, and then the pass interference call, which was pass interference, and Frank punches it in. But as as exciting as all that was, there were times last night, multiple times, where um, the nasty bunch, and I'm using that term, for the first time in quite some time, they stood their ground and they forced Louisiana to a field goal in overtime. And, and one of the reasons you're using that in, in the last three or four weeks you haven't is because, look, let's be honest, the defense has been a little bit uh, sketchy. It's been, it's been inconsistent. But they rose to the occasion. And, again, they found a way to win as a team last night. When you look at the statistics, when you look at the numbers of this game, it is uncanny. I mean, it is absolutely unbelievable. The total yards for each team was exactly 390. I mean, that when is I don't think I've ever seen that happen. You know, you look at the the yards passing, the yards rushing, similar. Um, I mean, the you know one team passed it better, the other team ran it better, but the total number of yards were you know exactly the same. First downs, you know, one team had two more first downs, you know, than the other. Um, It just Really, two evenly matched teams, but for the Eagles to do that on the road um, was just sensational. Really, really good. And, and really, it came down to it. The Eagles were really, really good on third down. They were 10 of 18 on third down. Lafayette was 4 of 15, and so that speaks to to the defense um, as well. Southern Miss, 161 yards passing, but uh, 229 rushing. And you want to talk about big players stepping up at the right time. Frank Gore, 33 rushes for 158 yards, two touchdowns. And then, of course, he caught uh, right. the, the touchdown early three in the total. game for Billy yeah. Wiles. Yeah, three total. And... Uh, and he's got a year left potentially, you know. So, so that's another. That's a question now. People start asking. Okay, is now the Eagles start clicking on more of their cylinders? You know, does that change Frank Gore's view of potentially coming back for another year? And of course, the the next question that everybody's asking, Luke, which we've touched upon a little bit, is now Will Hall and his staff have a decision huge, to make huge with, decision with the the new Ethan Crawford because now he's used up his four games. If you put him on the shelf now, he would be you know he. He would have four years of eligibility left, but you got two games left. So you can't necessarily. But but here's the other thing: you could you could maybe if you win the last two games and the math, you you could sneak into a bowl with that five and seven record. You could, yeah, you, you could. could, and it's going. You know if. Uh, what's going to happen with James Madison? What's going to happen with some of these, you know, other teams like that? Because right now there's there's not enough. I, I do want to say this. So so Wiles was effective in the first half. 
Um, he got hit, and uh, we were talking beforehand. It appears to be some type of hand injury. It is a hand injury. Will Hall reported in uh, post-game notes with the media that is a, is a hand injury. You, we don't know the severity of but it. But you notice the last two or three times he threw, the ball was considerably like, I, don't, I guess now, I was thinking it was maybe a shoulder or a bicep injury. It's a hand injury. It is. And it affected the throwing. And so, so Crawford comes in, and... You know, we were 0 for 10 in the or 0 for 11 in the second half before we completed the, the the pass. But I'll tell you what, when Crawford threw that first ball, I guess it was in the second quarter. The ball went like 63 yards in the air, and Mims probably will tell you that he should have caught it. You know, it was a bomb. But what they were able to do was Crawford never got uh, wasn't able to get comfortable in passing until that last drive. And when people, when I've argued and have just thrown out there, you know, that boy Crawford sure looks good running the ball. Could he, you know? Oh, well, for entertainment purposes, could he potentially be a run? Well, now you see how well he throws the I've ball. I've got something for you, by the way. You know. So late last night, a listener of somebody, the show. Somebody going to put me in my place? A listener texted and said, yeah, not bad for a running back. <laughs> well, but but again, that's my point, is you got to see him actually yeah. throw it last night. So I think but, that but he, puts to, that discussion. My point is he didn't have much of a rhythm until that last drive. And it, I thought it was really appropriate that he threw a touchdown on that last shot. But he made some big throws. He made some big throws across the field and uh, was able to, to, to put the Eagles in a position. But the question about the running yeah, back I, I'm was legitimate when all the fans, so, all they ever I think you have to answer it in two ways. The, it depends on what's going on with Wiles. So does the hand injury make him not be able to play? If if Wiles is not able to play, then I think that the choice is made. I, for I think you. it's made. I think in the yeah. other hand, though, if if something happens to the team from Starkville against Texas A and M, and they get they lose significantly, I, I think there's a chance to say Ethan Crawford does, does it put Southern Miss because you don't you, five and seven. You doesn't promise you any type Correct. of bowl game. Right. So that Starkville becomes your bowl game. And then you get to play the second best team in the league who's probably going to be playing for the championship. And right. so you have back-to-back bowl games. And so I think as a team you look and you say, what's going to put us in the best possible place to win? And maybe not, maybe not Crawford every snap in the game. But Ethan Crawford in the game plan gives you the best opportunity to win. I think, I think after the results last night, and and because of the situation with Wiles, uh, it's a hand injury. We'll find out with whatever Will Hall is willing to share on Monday when he joins us on the Eagle Hour. Uh, I think now the decision has been made for you that that you burn the red shirt. I'm saying you you leave Ethan Crawford on the roster. He's playing well. They've won three in a row. The confidence yeah. is up on these guys. Roll, go with it. The other thing is if Wiles is healthy. If he does get healthy, you could see how that game plays out. And you know, if you if you're if if you start well, you know, into the first quarter, into the second quarter, and you're rolling, you know, and you maybe can do something without him. I don't think both of those games would play that way. I think you would include him in order to be in it midway through and to have an opportunity at the end to win. And when you look at the future stockpile of of high-grade quarterbacks that are coming into the Eagle fold, it doesn't necessarily make it as important to to have Crawford We'll we'll talk more about it fourth because I think it's going to be the discussion for the next week. Hey, we're live at the Mississippi Armed Forces Museum. Veterans Day weekend. We're going to talk high school football with Will East, but we're happy today because the Eagles won. To the top, baby. Eagle Hour continues from Camp Shelby right after this.
Southern Miss to the top. Back live at the Mississippi Armed Forces Museum at Camp Shelby for Veterans Day. Happy to have you along on a great Friday. Golden Eagles win in Lafayette last night. Rumor was that uh, Danny Lynch was somewhere last night as well. He <laughs> was uh, there's a apparently he has like reserved seating everywhere now because he's the father of Lafayette. Eleven in a row now. Yeah. Eagles. That's uncanny, yeah. man. To, yeah. For to have one team's number. Of course, South Al can talk to us a little bit about. They can. <laughs> That's, that's, there, there's a there's a tracing too because we beat Louisiana, and Louisiana beat you know South Al, and South Al beat Oklahoma State. It works its way down where Southern Miss beat Alabama. That's how it works. The five degrees of separation. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, it is Friday and it is playoff time. Go to Will East, who has been part of the Mississippi High School Football Scoreboard Show for quite some time. Not all 28 years, Will, because you still are a young man. But uh, it's playoff time. It is the second weekend of November. Yes, I remember graduating the second grade, and they asked me to come on the show, and since then I've been been there. So, yeah, uh, this first week of foot of playoffs for seven A, six A, five A, the second and one A, and then the the second round of the playoffs for four A, three A, and two A. And this week's pretty loaded with games, but I'm gonna go ahead and give you a little preview of next week. And you don't know who's gonna be in it because you know we don't know the outcomes of the games tonight. But next week is traditionally the best night of the season because from top to bottom, you have a lot of really great games. You'll have some upsets. So you'll have some unexpected matchups uh, going on next week. It's, it's my favorite week of the season, really, out of, besides maybe the opening of the season all year long, is next week when you get into the second round for 7A, 6A, 5A, and the third round for uh, 4A, 3A, and 2A. But there are, as you mentioned, there are some good ones tonight. And let's just kind of start in 7A and, and work our way down. What's what's the biggest games at the top of the ladder? I I would say probably it's Ocean Springs and Meridian. Now, typically your one seed versus your four seed, not all that interesting. However, this year it is interesting because Meridian has done such a, a good job on down the stretch. You know, Meridian had not made the playoffs since 2017. They get a new head coach, new lease on life. This year, start off kind of slow, and they've just been getting a little bit better each week. Now, they've had some stumbles in there. They are a four seed, but that Daniel Hill running back, who is, I believe, I guess he's a sophomore, maybe a junior. Everybody in the country is recruiting him right now. Uh, he is running, he's run, had multiple 300 yard games this season. He's an incredible running back, and because of the strength of that kid, uh, Meridian has the capability of, of at least putting a lot of teams to the test. And Ocean Springs has been a big surprise this year. So if you'd asked me at the beginning of the season, Ocean Springs and Meridian in the play, I, I wouldn't even, I'd say maybe Ocean Springs makes the playoff, but they're certainly not going to be a number one seed. And I, I doubt Meridian's going to make the playoffs. Well, here we are. I think that's probably your biggest game of the night. In the north part of the bracket, I would say Madison Central and Lewisburg is interesting because Madison Central has the defense to play with anybody. I mean, they they have a very talented defense, experienced defense, and just looking at their season this year, the defense can hold up with anybody. The question for them is scoring and not turning the ball over. If they can find some points and not turn the ball over – they're going to make some other teams kind of uh, a little antsy because looking at the rest of the north part of 7A, there's not a whole lot of just 
really stand besides Tupelo. Uh, every other team has major flaws. You know, Startville is maybe the, one of the most talented teams in the state, along with Oak Grove. But Startville has trouble just getting it all together sometimes, and they might go out there and they might they could beat anybody on any given Friday night. But then again, they might lose like they did last week to Tupelo, thirty-six to six. So you, you just don't know. So that's kind of seven A in a nutshell, right there. Um, in 6A, I'll start in the north and kind of let you guys maybe talk about the south a little bit more. But it, South Panola is very interesting to me uh, at how good they have been this year. They kind of have a new lease on life there in baseball. And then the interesting, the other interesting game is Warren Central and South Tillo. This is the first time South Tillo has made the playoffs in a decade, Okay. And their reward for this is they get to travel to Vicksburg to play Warren Central. So it's like, oh, we first time we made it in a decade. Oh, and your prize is you get to go to Vicksburg to play in one of the most difficult places to play in the entire state, Warren Central. So there you go. And then uh, another game in the north part of the 6A bracket is Vicksburg and Grenada. That's a toss-up. I couldn't tell you who's going to win that game. Uh, but both teams are can be really good when they get everything all together. As far as the south bracket uh, of 6A, you know, West Jones has Hancock tonight. Hancock has a really good record, but they've kind of struggled on down the stretch. I think that Hattiesburg-Pascagoula game, and you guys talk a little bit more about Hattiesburg, but I think that Hattiesburg-Pascagoula game is interesting. That might be the game that I would be at tonight in 6A because Pascagoula has a really good passing game, and Mike can give the Tigers some fits. Well, the Tigers in years past, I remember last year, you know, they finished so strong and then laid a colossal egg in the first round of the playoffs and were beaten. Very disappointing. Uh, the Tigers, the Tigers have got to get on a playoff roll. You know, I think if they get, if they could get that first playoff win, I think they could, could do some serious damage. I want to go back to a point, Will, you talked about Meridian earlier. And I'll tell you why I was not surprised that Meridian made the playoffs and I expect Meridian to maybe make some noise is, and I don't know, I don't know how he does it. Uh, but I think Marcus Boyles, the coach at Meridian, is really something special. That guy, everywhere he goes, I mean, yeah. he's he's the first high school coach I've ever known. He and Neville Barr, uh, who's retired now, but I think those two guys literally can can make chicken salad out of chicken scratch. I mean, they they <laughs> in their first year, no such thing as rebuilding with those guys. He is he's got the touch, man. And you give him some athletes that Meridian has always had, um, and. I'm telling you that that's a team I think you could really watch out for. This Meridian team. It would be it would be a big upset tonight if they were able to, to pull that off. Let, let me just Will and I, Kelly, were talking about this. Just just a stat that continues to amaze me about West Jones. West Jones defense has given up 36 points the entire year. As a defense, they've scored 34 points. You know, you usually talk about turnover ratio, turnover margin, point margin for them is is only minus two. So, so is it generally assumed that it's going to come down to West Jones and Picayune again? Yeah, I mean, so and and Will, you and I were talking about this. George County's got uh, Terry tonight, and that would set up uh, West Jones and and uh, George County possibly next week should they win. Yeah, it would be a South State championship game between West Jones and Picayune. And yep. Will, I guess, I mean, because you watch this every week, this is what's hard on these head coaches because you you and at any level you can look past to see who's next week. You can look past two weeks from now and you can't do that in high school football you can't i'll give you a prime example and that's what's going on in 4a right now 4a has been the probably the most deep classification this entire year uh one point uh towards the end of the regular season they had five undefeated teams uh, they have three right now um 
but a couple of those guys didn't advance, uh, Ripley being one of them. Ripley, you know, we we were kind of joking last week about how all the, you know, there's a lot of bad games, bad matchups in that first round of the playoffs for 4A because so many teams make it. You know, you might have a team with, with four wins that makes the playoffs. Well, guess what? Right. Last week a team with four wins made the playoffs. That was Caledonia, and they beat Ripley, a team that spent – the majority of the season undefeated and beat some good teams along the way. Caledonia won that game 14 to 10. They squeak in and now they're wow. into the second round of the playoffs, uh, which is incredible. That was the biggest upset of the night last week. So, for uh, a you have some 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 teams that you didn't expect to be in there. Some teams you did expect to be in there's Louisville, best team in the state right now. They're going to play New Albany, the team that beat Ripley to end their undefeated season a couple weeks ago. Uh, and then you also have Houston and Senatobia tonight. That's a nine and one team versus a ten and one team. Houston has this five, four, five star defensive tackle who is just—he's huge, but he's—he's he's lightning quick. And then they have a really good running back as well, uh, who's I believe committed yeah, to Southern Washington. Men. Yeah, Jalen yeah. Washington, absolutely. Hey, Will, real, real quick, a three eight great story. Uh, Look up that kid. He has an incredible story. Some of the things that he's been through in his young life. But uh, and then you got Amory. Can I? Can I ask? Also there. Can I? Can I ask you real quick, Will, about one on the coast that, uh, or a team from the coast that intrigues me that you don't hear a whole lot about is Saint Stanislaus. They're going up against Noxaby tonight, which is which is always a that's a drive, man. Yeah, yeah that's that, that's always a big uh, big team to watch out for is Noxaby. Although Stanislaus yeah, Noxaby has a better is record. Driving down down to past Christian to play St. Stanislaus. That's right. gotta be a, I don't know if that's a record or not, but that's that's a that's a haul right there. But St. Stanislaus, you know, all those years of throwing the ball everywhere, they they kinda went down a little bit and now they seem to be back up. Uh but the Rocket Charles uh, they only give up about 13 points a game. Uh, they're going to have a tough time with Knoxville County's offense tonight. That'll be the key battle is uh, St. Stanislaus' defenses versus uh, Knoxville County. Big games in the South, Taylorsville, Lumberton, Heidelberg, Bay Springs. Private, real real quick, uh, John White of uh, Southern Miss Commit. Prep and MRA in the private, that's the big game tonight in private school. That's the big game tonight. Uh, second time in three weeks that they're playing MRA at home. I just – It'll be hard to stop John White and crew from scoring a whole bunch of points. Hey, I want to give a shout-out to the Heidelberg Oilers because they're not ever very strong in high school football, and they're having a great year. Win or lose tonight, shout-out to the Heidelberg Oilers. Will East, as always, thanks for being a contributor on our program, and we'll see you on the scoreboard show tonight at 10 o'clock on Super Talk stations across the state. Yes, sir. All right, Will East, everybody, when we come back, this program will continue live from the Camp Shelby Museum as we celebrate Veterans Day, actually, uh, tomorrow, the official day. But we'll talk more when we return in just a moment. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Eagle Hour on the road today. We're at the Armed Forces Museum, Mississippi Armed Forces Museum at Camp Shelby. Happy to have 
you along with us, Luke Johnson, Kelly Santer, Michael Mergens, producer for us back in the Southern Bancor Studios in Hattiesburg. Happy to have Tommy Lofton, good friend of the show and uh, the director here at the Mississippi Armed Forces Museum at Camp Shelby. Hey, I know you're happy the Eagles won last week. <laughs> I'm very happy. I know they're happy, too. <laughs> um, so uh, a great weekend, uh, Veterans Day, and many of us know this, but uh, sure. You, the designated representative <laughs> from Camp Shelby. It is important, though. It's all about distinction. There is a a great difference and a distinction between what we honor in May with sure. Memorial Day and what we honor this weekend with Veterans Day. Right. Yeah. That's you know it's a common uh, uh, issue we deal with sometimes, but it's uh, Veterans Day. Just as a reminder, is to set aside time to remember men and women who have worn the uniform and served our country. Uh, Memorial Day itself is the day that we set around, you know, set aside in May to honor the fallen, those individuals who paid the ultimate sacrifice. So, not to say you can't celebrate both on Veterans Day, but the emphasis is really on uh, men and women who've worn the uniform. And it's an opportunity as people will be out and about tonight, maybe at high school football games, maybe you know around right. town at restaurants. If you see somebody, a, a veteran or some, right. you know, you. Can, you, you, it's a great time to, to remember and honor them. Exactly. You know, there's been times, you know, sadly in our country, too, where we've had veterans that uh, uh, haven't always been appreciated when they served or when they came home from their own service, and uh, especially thinking about our Vietnam veterans out there. So it's a great time to, to show some love and, and appreciation. You know, we should honor our veterans every day, but this is a, a day and a weekend set aside to really uh, reflect as a nation especially when you consider their service was voluntary. I mean, most everybody uh, that you see out and about today didn't have to serve. They chose to serve. Uh, or in the case of a lot of Vietnam veterans, maybe were selected to serve. Uh, you know, obviously with everything else going on in the world today, it's kind of a little crazy out there. You turn on the news, you can see there's lots of things happening in the world. We should be very thankful for those men and women who have... Uh, voluntarily served our military and those who are in the uniform today uh, and and represent our country all over the place. So. One, one of the things that I have tried to do and is and, and the only time I know is when our veterans will wear their hats right you know with their with their bars and sure, the thing of, sure. as to what war they served in or, or whatever uh, but I always will go up to them whether they're at a restaurant respect their privacy but we'll sure, go up and sure. say look I really you know thank you for your service but I'm kind of taken back sometimes because I think they're surprised right lots of times right, and right. they kind of give you a look like why are you why are you thanking me right. but I think that just goes back to their selfless exactly attitude like you don't have to thank me exactly but then I think deep down inside they do appreciate oh for sure and acknowledgement think, and they realize and and some remember you know when when that appreciation maybe didn't exist as much as it does today and and I'm I am uh, quite happy to see so many veterans now coming through and opening up about their experiences, too, in service, whether they were in a war or not. Just the fact that they wore the uniform, they're talking to their loved ones about it, their young family members, grandkids, whatever else. Uh, that's that's one thing that's always kind of fun for us as a museum is to see veterans come through and open up. You know, usually it's funny stories, but not always. You know, sometimes yeah. they'll they'll tell us stuff, and you'll have even people in their family who've also been in the military will stand there and say, you know, this is the first time I've heard this, and I was a, I'm a veteran as well, and my you know son or grandson or daughter or whatever is in the military right now, and it's it's interesting to see that uh, you know a lot of our veterans are very humble. Like you said, it's a selfless service. Uh, a lot of them don't 
talk about a lot of these things. And let's be honest, I mean, no offense to any of our sports players and, and sports fans out there, but there's a huge emphasis to try to make people who are very successful in sports national heroes. And no, no disrespect to their talent, but let's remember the men and women who wear the uniform put themselves voluntarily in harm's way mm-hmm. uh, day in and day out, and at any time are called to serve or potentially even put their life on the line to serve. I think that's our true heroes. And, and, and you say no disrespect, Luke. I don't think anybody disagrees with that. No. Yeah. Whether we're well, sports fans or not. Yeah. Somebody, somebody somewhere sure. that will, everybody that will say that. Some, so anyway. Yeah. All right, you talked about how uh, <clears throat> veterans come through. And, of course, we're speaking sure. about the Mississippi Armed Forces Museum here at Camp Shelby. Um, it is a hidden gem. It is yeah. a, a yeah. treasure for the community. So much here. And uh, what's been going on around the museum? So we were working on a new concept for some of our early Mississippi museum exhibits here with the uh, War of 1812, Civil War, Spanish-American War, Mexican War. Uh, we have some new artifacts in, and we're going to start trying to, during the holidays, uh, transition some of our exhibits and grow those a little bit in the early entrance of the museum. And then World War II, we're actually working on new uh, homefront-related exhibits and on Mississippi's response to Pearl Harbor. And not just as far as like people signing up and enlisting after Pearl Harbor happens, but also the uh, concept of what businesses started transitioning into war work and you know maybe we're making vehicles or something before for civilian use now working on parts for military or uh, military equipment so you'll start seeing some more of that uh, within our exhibits and some newsreels some interactive components we actually have uh, one of the first mississippians to if i remember correctly was one of the first ones drafted for world war ii after the war broke out we found and have photographs of him standing there, you know, waiting to get processed, and then photos of him sitting at a desk with the desk sergeant, getting measured for his uniform, that kind of stuff. And we're going to follow some of his story even into the museum and, and trying to put uh, more individuals on display and rotate some things out, too. You know, some of the stuff we've had out for a while, it's time to maybe consider putting a few other things uh, in their place for a little bit and, and let folks see some of the things we haven't put out in a long time or maybe have never put out. Any truth to the rumor that some of the new artifacts will be living members of the U.S. Senate? <laughs> plenty of artifacts there. That is true. <laughs> plenty that of really true. old things in the Senate. Yeah, that is true. Uh, yeah. But but talk about the coordination with the pu- any of the public schools because I would think yeah. there's nothing like living history. Right. You, know, right. you can read it in a book. But when you're looking at these things, sure. a whole lot, learning to me is a lot more effective <laughs> when kids can see it, they can right. touch it, that sort of thing. Yeah, and that's, you know, when I first got here six years ago, a lot of what we were seeing as far as school field trips and visitations were more Pine Belt region uh, and the Gulf Coast. We've been working harder and harder to hit I-20 and north of I-20 to get more schools from the state here. And we were finding a lot of schools were bypassing us, heading to other locations, you know, south of here. Uh, and we, you know, not trying to steal some of that traffic, but also trying to steal some of that traffic yeah. and let folks know you have a state museum here that is the official museum for our military, uh, for our state's military history right here. And it's free. It's and a free and what's, resource. what's amazing too in that is that it's, it's two things in one. They get mm-hmm. to come on a actual military base that has been very crucial in multiple wars since 1917 it's unbelievable and so that's that's the thing about it it's like you can go to a you know an urban area or or a a metro city and yeah you can go to exhibits but dude you're on a military base that was used in 
training for taking out some of the biggest people in the – I mean, it's crazy. <laughs> sure, I mean, sure. all of that is is it, is some of the mystique with this place. And we actually had – I mean, we've heard about Japanese, you know, prisoners and – German prisoners. Uh, yeah, sure, sure. German prisoners actually here right, we after German World War II, right? Uh, Japanese-Americans here uh, that were with the 442nd. This is actually the home of the 442nd. It was a unit that started here and served with great distinction. And uh, there's something else cool we're doing with our World War II exhibits you'll start seeing uh, and tying it into sports and into USM even. Uh, we're doing some things with, with baseball and football in our exhibits where soldiers came here from other states. They trained and had some inter-service inter rivalries or even interstate rivalries within different units. And we actually have photographs and uh, other things that were maybe at The Rock before it was really the rock that we know of today and uh even uh, a baseball jersey that's going on display soon that was used in this area and traveled there was a team that traveled all over the state of soldiers who played here and would play in the hattiesburg area or jones county or other places against other teams as a morale boost for people during a time when you know war was difficult and they were losing family members and that kind of stuff actually right across from the museum it appears Mm -hmm. That there's the remnants of what was a football field or some type well, of athletic. Yeah, over uh, there we have a softball field uh, in that general area and, right and across track from the parking lot. Um, well, and it may have been historically. There's yeah. a lot of Camp Shelby has shifted in a lot of different directions. Sure. The, the in fact the uh, old German prisoner of war camp they actually built a soccer field that believe it or not still exists uh, out there in the in the misty fogs and pine trees of that area. So, so the, the prisoners actually built that? They built a, a soccer field. They had their own entertainment. Uh, they had their own bands, their own sports teams, their own referees, all kinds of different stuff. Well, I'll bet Oktoberfest so, was fun. <laughs> Probably uh, <laughs> as best as it can be for prisoner of war. Yeah. Sure. So uh, wrapping up here, of course, sure. Veterans Day, uh, remind people, how they can, you know, the museum, the hours, all of that sure, stuff. Sure. And remind them of the great cost of admission here <laughs> I will. at the Mississippi Armed Forces Museum. Yeah, so the easiest way to get to us is come through Camp Shelby's South Gate. And there's a visitor center right out there. If you don't have a military ID, just stop in the visitor center. They'll scan your ID. And then you can get right on post and come see our museum from Tuesday through Saturday from 9 to 4. And it is free. How much is it? dollars Free. It's free. Center. It's your, it's your <laughs> kind of place. I'm man. camping out. So. Tommy Lofton, director of the Mississippi Armed Forces Museum at Camp Shelby. Thanks for joining us. Thank you all for hey, having me. Hey, you won't be on the last segment, but I'll just tease it. Southern Miss. To the top. Hey, 34-30. We're still celebrating. 34-31 Eagles win. Tommy, thanks for joining us, man. Thank you. Eagle Hour wraps up the week at Camp Shelby on a Veterans Day weekend. Stick with us as Eagle Hour continues. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Eagle Hour finishing out the week at the Mississippi Armed Forces Museum at Camp Shelby. Appreciate Tommy Lofton joining us. Kelly, it's free to come to the museum. It's free. That was not a Kelly Center comment. I'm just saying it is a shame where people would not come to this and I'm not fabulous trying, And I'm not trying to sound patronizing, but I'd pay to come here. There are some places that you pay, and it's crap.
You know, when Eagle, is that a Boone, North Carolina? Uh, is a crap state comment? Is that what you're... <laughs> yeah, but I'm, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Are you going to, I paid to come in here, you know? Veterans Day, so if you're out, uh, the veterans in your life, uh, give them a call today, shoot them a text, see veterans out this weekend, be sure to uh, to thank them. All right, uh, women's volleyball tonight at 6 p.m. against Old Dominion, so uh, come out and watch the Lady Eagles, Coach Hazelwood. They will also play Old Dominion tomorrow at 11 a.m. Basketball at Akron, uh, men tonight at 6 p.m., women at home against Akron tomorrow at 2 p.m., both of those games. ESPN Plus, Joe Dunn will have the call of that game tonight in Akron. So probably tonight. I mean, that's something that you and I can be watching while we're calling high school football games. You're, you're, you're JDC? Tonight? Yes, be in Bassfield tonight where Jeff Davis County takes on, uh, uh, Enterprise Clark yep. County. You know, there's two di- two different Enterprise high schools. There so are. You have to kind of make Lincoln sure. Lincoln Enterprise, Lincoln Enterprise yeah. Clark. We'll be between the bricks tonight on WLAU Provine uh, at Laurel. All right, 2024. It's here. 2024 baseball schedule released. Um, some interesting opponents. Marist College opens up. The Red Foxes. And that is the uh, opening weekend, February 16th through 18th. And then you turn around and you play Air Force on Monday. That's interesting. Haven't done that in quite some time, but four games at home to start the season. Missouri State at home. Indiana State, who hosted uh, a regional, they're uh, they're coming in um, to uh, to the Pete. Alabama comes to the Pete on a Tuesday night in March. Tulane comes to the Pete on a Tuesday night uh, late March. You'll get. Uh, Conference series against ULM, Coastal Carolina, Texas State. Marshall comes early on in the season. Uh, UNO comes to town. Ole Miss comes to town. Uh, this is a really, really good – oh, and I forgot to tell you, early March, a weekend series in Ruston against Louisiana Tech. Going to the Love Shack. Huh? Did they rename it the Love Shack since they rebuilt it? For, we don't know. You know, yeah. Well, it doesn't matter. But that is a – that's a really good schedule. Yeah, it's, it is. It's, it, a, it's it, a great schedule. The Red Foxes, a good chance to to come out of the gate. You know, go to them. go to Lafayette last weekend of April. And I love the fact that we're hosting to close the season again against a really good Texas State team. So, again, you get a big series at home to finish out the season. Well, we don't know that Danny Lynch made the football trip, but you know darn well he'll be making that baseball trip. He will. Know, going back to Cajun country. So, um, good stuff. Y'all can check that out, southernmiss.com. Great baseball schedule. All right, let's go back. And uh, let's finish up the show, finish up the week, that 34-31 overtime win last night. Let's go back to our conversation about Ethan Crawford. So where we kind of left it off was I think you have to, even if Wiles is healthy, right, You he's part of the preparation um, for an emergency plan if Wiles were to get hurt. It, okay, so let's say that, let's say you make the decision that you're not going to play him. You're going to save him. You're, you're going to keep the red shirt, right? Um, Which I don't think yeah. will be, but – at the, there is an argument to be made that there's a 50-50 in the middle to see how the game goes, correct? To yeah. see possibly how, how the yeah, game goes. Yeah, there's a lot of different possibilities. But let me ask there. you this. In a NIL transfer portal world where you don't know, and this isn't an Ethan Crawford comment, this is just in general, what somebody's going to be thinking after spring or after you know at the end of a season, where, what's the line? Again, this isn't a Crawford comment. This is in general. Schools are basically going to have to start asking the question: What even in a, when a season's "quote unquote" lost, you still have things you can play for. There's going to come a point where a, a programs will say, "Hey, we don't know if we're going to have this guy next year. We don't know if we're going to have this guy two years from now. We're going to do what's in our best interest right now." So you're saying go for broke? 
No, it makes sense. And it's not it's not a Crawford situation. No, I'm talking I, about yeah, the, the generally. college football, even saying if we can get a win with this player yeah. and it burns his red shirt. Um, we have no guarantee we're going to have him next year anyway. Right. Yeah, no. Now, I think Will Hall doesn't think that way. I think he's the student athlete is best is, is there. But I, but I do think that fault going forward is if Ethan Crawford puts you in the best position to beat Mississippi State, to have a good game startable, and to beat Troy, there comes a point where to your, to quote you, you go for broke. Yeah, I, I don't, th- I think that's an easy decision at this point. It's not mine to make. But again, because, uh, as Noah Frary was talking about, a co-host of the Frary Smith podcast, depending on how the math works out, call us crazy, but if the Eagles go up to, to moo you and, and beat them in Starkville and then happen to, to beat the Trojans, the final, I mean, they could, they could backdoor their way like Rice did yeah. a couple of years ago. They could backdoor their way into a, the, I just wanna, a bowl game. Just want to, uh, let our listeners know the insults have begun. So we're gonna have we've got a whole week next. <laughs> the insults. How many different derogatory names can we come up for hey, Mississippi we should, State? We should it? throw this out there, Sanders. Since he's not here to defend himself, let's let's throw Getty under the bus. You and me picked the Eagles last night. Hey, he threw himself under the bus. So we we've, we've at least slid up to start the week. Yeah, we're we, we're gaining on Getty. One game closer, and he's gonna start feeling the, the pressure too. And let's just let's just really gang up, Morgan. You you picked the Golden Eagles last night as well, didn't you? Yes, I did. So where does that put me? There we go. So three three against one. You, you're one and oh, Mergens. Awesome. You're one and oh for the week. You bat a thousand. Good stuff. All right, Kelly. Good show. Uh, great veterans broadcast today from Camp Shelby. Have a good call tonight. Appreciate it. You too. Yep. Looking West forward Jones to taking on uh, Hancock as well. A lot of local teams playing in the playoffs. Good luck to them. Hey, but have you a great weekend. Eagles win in overtime. Let's celebrate that throughout the weekend. We come back. It's going to be Mississippi State week next week. And you're not going to be here. You know, but that's okay. Enjoy enjoy your time. Bob will be back next week. Kelly will be on Monday. That'll do it for the week. And as always, Southern Miss to to the the top. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.